Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, September 6th edition of the Basement Academy. Thanks for taking a few moments out of your day to reflect and pray together on a psalm and to continue thinking with me about discipleship amid disagreement, being apprentices of Jesus in times of conflict. Okay, our morning psalm, Psalm 6. For the director of music, this is a psalm of David with stringed instruments. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and dismayed. They will turn back in sudden disgrace. Amen. May it be so. (laughs) Whatever enemies we have that we've created or have looked at us this way, that they would fade away. shame, dismayed, and they would uh, withdraw. And so that seems appropriate. And we do. Um, it's sad that when we are in, at odds with people, my eyes grow weak with sorrow. Uh, it's sad when we can't get along with other people in our families, at work, in the church, neighbors and others uh, who may think and vote differently than we do. Okay. Um Let's go beyond the workshop. So we've been talking about the workshop of disagreement as a great opportunity to deepen, (laughs) to learn our tools and to learn the craft of of following Jesus. Now let's talk about the danger that crouches at the doorstep. The danger crouching at the door. It's a phrase from Genesis chapter 4 and the tragic story of Cain and Abel. Let me read a portion of Genesis chapter 4. This is after God has uh, escorted and sent Adam and Eve out of the garden to live east of Eden. Chapter 4, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. We'll end the reading there. That's chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain premeditated murder, conspires against his brother. We don't know all of why his offering was not received or looked upon with favor. We don't know. The, the scholars and the, uh, the rabbis in particular comment on that. But what I want to pick up on is this notion of the dismissive quality of Cain's response to God. Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Who cares about him? I read that as dismissive, almost contemptuous of his brother. Now, it's, a, it's, it's, it's deflecting. Of course, God knows, and of course, Cain knows. <laughs> but Cain, influenced by sin, perhaps deceives himself, hiding behind fig leaves, hiding in the bushes, as it were, kind of metaphorically, we humans engage in these acts of self-deception as if God can't see the truth. And so we wrestle here with the tragic legacy of Cain's sin, how the human family turns brothers and others into enemies. This, there, there's something in the human family that I believe is inherited, right? I believe it's part of our sin nature. Something in us loves to turn other people and sometimes even family members or spiritual family members, right? Fellow Christians. We, learn to t we love to turn other people into enemies. Sometimes it's people we know and we've had interaction with. And a lot of times it's people we've never even met. What is this in us that loves to fight, that loves to, to, to kill, that loves violence, that loves to look at other people for whom we have no regard 
and, and we, we, we say, we're just gonna, I'm just going to get rid of you altogether. And then confronted, where is your brother? <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper? I don't care about him. And so premeditating and then dismissing. What a tragic, tragic story this is. And so this is the concern I have in engaging this conversation around denominational realignment. That, that we, that the danger that crouches on the doorstep for us, and it crouches on the doorstep for folks at Presbytery as well. They don't know it yet, perhaps. We're trying to get in conversation with them. But how disagreements that we have with other people, this is the danger, that a disagreement of any kind runs the risk, runs the danger of us turning into Cain, of us turning a, a, a fellow Christian, a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor into an enemy. It happens all the time. We do it with such ease and we do it so often, we, we don't even recognize that we're doing it. We're going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow, kind of the spiritual dynamics that sit behind this. How is it that we get from a brother, turns into an enemy, turns into somebody I kill, and then I'm dismissive and completely disregard that person, even to God? And so the danger that crouches at the doorstep is of becoming like Cain, of turning fellow Christians in the presbytery or perhaps even in our own church that might disagree with this effort. And again, I don't know which side of the thought you might be on, whether you think this is a good thing we ought to do, consider realignment or not. But there's a line there, right? Some will support, some will not. And the danger is that we look at those who disagree and we turn them into an enemy. Oh, you're one of them. This us versus them mentality that abides in the human family, that abides in the human heart. And so the danger is that we become murderous, not physically murderous. I am not concerned about that, but spiritually murderous. Remember Jesus in the instruction manual for the workshop of disagreement, known as the Sermon on the Mount, talks about if you harbor anger in your heart towards a brother or sister, you have murdered them. Murder is, murder begins here in the human heart. It begins when we no longer hold that other person as an image bearer of God and we begin to turn them into something other than an image bearer, something other than a brother, something other than a, a, a fellow Christian, something other than a neighbor, and we turn them into an enemy. And so the danger is that we become spiritually murderous and dismissive like Cain. And we will do this perhaps with some within the church family at Greenwich, but more likely, and it has already begun to happen, truth be told, when we begin to speak of people at the presbytery in tones that are clearly dismissive, that clearly see them as an enemy, somehow antagonistic towards us, 
I know some folks at Presbytery. Eric knows some folks at Presbytery. Lee Bishop, one of our elders, serves on a, the leadership council of Presbytery. Mark Hermes, our clerk of session, knows a few folks at Presbytery. Beyond that, I don't know that anybody at Greenwich Presbyterian Church actually knows anybody is in any kind of ongoing conversation or relationship with anybody at Presbytery. And yet, the risk is, the danger is, that we will look at people whom we don't even know and treat them like the enemy. And so, the danger that crouches at our doorstep right now is that we would become like Cain. And we do all of this like Cain, with an air of self-righteousness and moral rectitude. Pfft. Am I my brother's keeper? I, 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 that's none of my business. So there's, I, I am right in my attitude. I'm right in bringing some offering to God that, you know, there was something about Cain. It might've been something in the heart. Maybe he felt put out by it all. Oh my gosh, I've got to go. Okay, I've got to take this good harvest that could be sold and I've got to bring it to church, you know? We don't know. Okay, it's all speculation, and the rabbis do reflect on these things. But something is happening in Cain's heart, but there is a self-righteousness around it. I have no responsibility for that other man. He's your brother. Am I my brother's keeper? I've got no, you know, he's got none, none of my business, what's happened to him. And this is how we look at other people when we speak of them in terms and in tones that are, are clearly adversarial and, and this enemy kind of speak, us versus them. So I want to stop here, kind of put a, a load on you. I haven't been very long today, but to give you something to think about, that this this work that we're engaging in of the workshop of disagreement around theological issues in, in the denominational conversation, the same process happens in any disagreement, be it a family member. Uh, many of us have families that are complicated. All of us have families that are complicated. Some of us have so grown estranged over the years that we no longer even speak to a family member, be it a sibling, be it a cousin, be an aunt, uncle, be a parent, be it a child. Oh my goodness. How could that have happened that a family relationship turns into this Cain versus Abel kind of thing? Or coworkers or political people, right? You know, who vote differently, think differently than you do. And this, so I want you to think about the question for reflection is why do I so quickly think or treat others who differ from me politically, theologically, religiously, or otherwise, why do I so easily think of them in dismissive terms and contemptuous terms? And maybe you say, well, I don't do that. I just don't have anything to do with those people. And that I think would be dismissive, okay? So we can maybe argue about the finer points of that word. I'm going to stop here. We'll pick up tomorrow, again, reflecting on the danger at the doorstep and try to understand the spiritual dynamics of how this happens. Let, let's close with prayer. Lord, we cry for mercy that we would know, we, that we would never bear 
the mark of Cain, that we would not belong to his tribe, as it were, that we would not be contemptuous and dismissive and murderous towards those who may disagree with us on something that we hold dear, but they don't. And so, Father, show mercy, soften our hearts, give us the grace to reflect, to be honest with ourselves, And we pray that you might lead us in this path of apprenticeship and discipleship behind Jesus, who even at the end cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And so hear our prayer as we make it in his holy name, even as he taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God grant you a gracious and tender heart for all people. And may he give you a heart that loves the neighbor, loves the brother, and even learns to love the enemy. May you do it this day and forevermore. Amen.